0: Today on Happy Second, Confused, directors Joe and Anthony Russo on returning to their roots at Slam Dance, and the latest on directing Avengers Infinity War. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy Second, Confused. This is a dispatch from Park City, Utah, guys. That's right. As I tape this, I am in the cold, cold, delicious snow of Park City. Um, it's day three. Of, uh, of Sundance, as I sit here today, um, I'm sitting literally in front of a roaring fireplace, um, at the lovely uh, kind of condo that I'm in with a bunch of friends. Um, you know, this is how Sundance is done. You just sort of, like, you make do. You figure out a way, because everybody's just uh, here for the movies. They're not necessarily here to, like, uh, spread out. I'm sleeping on a couch tonight. <laughs> it's not the, you know, it's a very nice place, I have to say. But um, it's not about the the accommodations. It's about the movies and the folks you get to see here. And this, is, uh, this has been a treat for me. This is my 12th consecutive Sundance Film Festival. Uh, Of course, Sammy, sadly, is not with me here for the uh, festival, nor for the introduction. Apologies. I'll keep this brief so that we can get to the main event. Um... Suffice it to say, um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of very uh, cool movies that I'll, I'll detail in future shows. Um, but while I was here, I felt like I had to catch up with at least a few people. So um, I'm recording a few podcasts here. This is the first of, of a few. And uh, this is uh, two guests for the price of one. A gentleman that I've uh, never spoken to on the podcast. I've certainly caught up with um, uh, for their various projects. Uh, and it, these are maybe two unlikely people to uh, be at the Sundance and Slamdance Film Festival. Uh, Joe and Anthony Russo. Of course, nowadays they are best known for directing um the Captain the last two Captain America films and now directing Avengers Infinity War plus the upcoming untitled fourth Avengers movie. So they are they're kind of ruling the roost over at Marvel right now. And the reason they're here in Park City the reason I got a chance to catch up with them today uh, was that they got their big break here in Park City, not at Sundance, actually. I mean, for those that don't know, in addition to the Sundance Film Festival, which you guys have probably heard of, obviously started by Robert Redford and is you know notorious for launching the careers of Quentin Tarantino and Soderbergh and Robert Rodriguez, um, there's another festival here that is also very acclaimed and has launched many great filmmakers, including uh, Christopher Nolan's first film was at Slam Dance. And yes, Joe and Anthony Russo's first film was at Slam Dance. It's kind of like the, the alternative film festival to Sundance um, in the same space, smaller venues. Uh, the filmmakers are even more green and the films maybe are even a little bit more weird. But um, it's it's a great festival in its own right. And Joe and Anthony Russo uh, came back um, this uh, slam dance to be recognized uh, for their work. Uh, they were given an award and they also launched a fellowship um, to um, fund uh, future filmmakers and kind of um, sponsor and mentor them. Um, we talk a bunch about about their beginnings um, uh, in, in their film careers and why they feel like it's so important to kind of pay it forward and, and mentor other young filmmakers. And of course, we also got a chance to geek out a little bit, um, uh, a fair amount, I sh- should say, actually, about uh, Avengers Infinity War and what we can expect in, in that one. And also the rumors floating around about what we're going to see in the fourth Avengers film. Will time travel be involved? Who knows? Will Captain Marvel be there? Who knows? I asked, those questions, so stay tuned for their responses. Uh, These guys, I was saying to somebody earlier today, for guys that are directing the biggest films on the planet. They really have great heads on their shoulders. They're just, um, they're, they're film geeks, but they're also just very chill, cool guys. And uh, I had a blast talking to them. This is an abbreviated podcast. I know you guys are used to hearing me talk for about 45 minutes to an hour with our guests. Uh, here in the middle of Sundance and Slam Dance. it's just too frenetic and crazy. So this is like a 20, 25 minute conversation, but we cover a lot of ground. And, uh, and I think it's safe to say uh, that hopefully around the time of Infinite, war. We'll try to make it happen to have them uh, in for a longer conversation. Um, So uh, without any further ado, I'm going to go to that conversation. I'll talk a little bit more about what's been going on here at the Sundance Film Festival, what I've been seeing in an upcoming podcast episode, some really uh, cool conversations coming your way. And you know what I'm going to say before I toss to the conversation. Go to iTunes. Review. Rate, subscribe. Uh, the reviews in particular really help, and you guys—I've noticed that you guys have been starting to contribute more and more reviews, and they're—they're um, they're very much appreciated. And, and it's not for me; it's for people to notice the podcast. The reviews help, so uh, if you have a second, go over to iTunes and toss over uh, a, uh, a review about the show, and that would be much appreciated. Anyway. In return for that uh, kindness, I give you this conversation with Joe and Anthony Russo coming back to Slam Dance twenty years later. Here it is. I've been welcomed into uh, Joe and Anthony Russo's. Uh... Posh pad and slam dance, good to see you guys great to see you, <laughs> to see you. Um, so this this is exciting. I mean, uh, I was asking you guys when the last time you were here was uh, partially because really the reason you 're here is uh, you have an amazing history with uh, slam dance I, I would imagine I would get, Take taking back twenty years what, what Where were you at in your lives? What did slam dance mean to you back then in terms of where you were at um, let 's see I, we We had just made
1: our very first movie. we spent about three years. Uh, making a feature film together in Cleveland, you know, uh, on a super micro budget, um, it was the kind of experience where we were, you know, we had a few collaborators, but we were doing a lot of the work ourselves on the film. So we were basically le- t- learning how to make film while we made the film. Right. And we we would like, it took us three years because we'd make the film a little bit, and then we'd run out of money. We'd go back to work for a while, and then we'd you know pick the movie back up again. Um, but uh, long story short is. There's not a big filmmaking community in Cleveland, especially right. at that time. And uh, so we were kind of like, uh, you know, out in the wilderness. And so Slam Dance was a very important... That was kind of our first contact with the larger film world. Yeah. And it was a very important experience for us. And the fact that we found a road here was kind of a miracle. And then the, the fact that we found a road beyond here was kind of a miracle. And,
0: and you guys found not only, you know, exposure here, but... um Mentorship really came out of this festival, too. That's fair to say. And, and none other than the great Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're paying it forward. Obviously, you're back here this year being honored, but also starting this kind of fellowship, from what I understand, right? That's right. We, um, we were inspired uh, by
2: Soderbergh to make a film. Um, there was a, a series of Cinderella stories that were occurring up here in Park City. Uh, through Sundance uh, uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, Stephen included um, uh, R- uh, Rodriguez, The sure. Brothers McMullen. Uh, it was a series of filmmakers who had emerged out of Park City with um, suddenly um, very large careers out of them. Uh, and so we made our film uh, uh, was in the hopes to follow that path. Uh, and, uh, and luckily Steven, um, Soderbergh walked into the screening of our movie and changed the trajectory of our careers. Uh, and we owe everything to him in that moment that he walked into the, uh, to our film at Slamdance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us, this is a karmic debt we owe to the universe it's, we have to pay it back. And, um, and now we're in a, a position, uh, um, to, uh, to start a fellowship and uh, it's going to be annual, and we're going to support a filmmaker and try to hold the door open for someone uh, uh, annually. Yeah, um, and um, and and try to return the uh, the favor to the uh, to the filmmakers and to the universe that uh, that Stephen gave to us. I mean, I
0: would imagine you know you guys have obviously had so many exciting opportunities in the last twenty years, and the way your careers have like kind of evolved, like no one could have predicted. I'm sure, including the two of you. Um, that being said, I wonder like going back to the slam dance experience and, and getting to know Steven, like, does anything compare to those like first kind of like breaks those first moments when like someone that you revere, like a Soderbergh is willing to kind of validate you and say, let me take you to the next level and teach you some, some stuff.
1: Well, you know, the, the, for us, it was even more heightened than you would think because that first movie that we made pieces was a, very unusual movie it's a very odd movie very experimental very extreme in tone and style it's not the kind of movie that appeals to a lot of people so there is a you know our you know we basically started that our uh the journey with that movie is when when it was ready to show we brought it to uh the independent feature film market in new york city in september uh and uh and any, you, you know, basically they prep you at that market, and they say, you know, people are here to buy films, or they're here, here to program films at other festivals. They're, people are going to walk out of your theater. Don't get offended. <laughs> they're not here to watch the whole movie. So, you know, you get prepped, and, and anyway, our screening starts. We have a full theater at the Angelica, and by the end of this, uh, end of the screening, two thirds of the theater is empty, and for, so the last third that are trickling out after the movie's over, one person stops. His name is John Fitzgerald. He's one of the founders of the Slamdance Film Festival. He says, hey, I really dug your movie. I think you should apply to our festival. So we sort of have this shoestring save that like gets, ends us getting the, us to Slamdance. Yeah. And then we had a very similar experience at, uh, here at Slamdance. So we came into Park City. We came with a lot of family members and friends to promote the film and get people in the theater. We had two full screenings. And then Slamdance was over. And it was we didn't really have any response to the film, so, <laughs> except for about a week after the festival, when we got a call from Soderbergh. So, um, yeah, it was you know, it, I mean, it, we can never state how important it was those two events, right. you know, to find a road here to Slam Dance, and then for Stephen to make a connection with us, uh, and, and, and help provide a road forward from Slamdance for us. I mean, it's, you know, we can't overstate it because there was basically nothing else going on.
0: When you guys, you know, and, and you, you, you're very active in terms of producing, and I know you just announced financing for another, uh, independent film yesterday, right. And then between that and the fellowship, um, you're interacting with a, a bunch of younger filmmakers that are coming into their own, trying to find their own path. I mean, are there go-to kind of like, um, you know, watchwords that you try to kind of instill in them or, or, or pitfalls? That you're trying to tell them to avoid that you guys encountered along the way. What are like the initial conversations with like a young filmmaker that you you see a germ of talent in that you want to guide in the right way?
2: I mean it's a it's a different
0: landscape than when we made our like, film. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. we had to shoot on 16
2: millimeter. Cameras were expensive. Film was expensive. Uh, you know, we had to ship it uh, uh, to New York, which was expensive to get developed. And I think it—I think after we shot our first movie, the f- the the negative uh, uh, actually uh, oh, no. sat in our refrigerator for six months, six months while we, we try to get another credit card to get the film <laughs> developed. Uh, and then once we got it developed, we uh, we screened it on our garage wall. <laughs> Uh, and uh, did we making
0: movies in the 1880s. Yeah. What did we <laughs> we had, uh, and then the train came yeah. out of the yeah. screen, and well, everybody we, screamed.
1: When you use 1880s equipment, it's very cheap. That's right. That's what's, uh, we we
0: then. This is crazy. We
2: had a drive to New York city with a u-haul truck and pick up a steenbeck uh and drive it back to cleveland this weighs hundreds of pounds it wasn't
1: u-haul it was our cousin's yeah. van we borrowed uh, our cousin's, cousin's
2: van yeah. more and then had yeah. to carry it up two flights of stairs with, with three of us i mean it took us hours to I think we went we went a stair or two at a time um so it's a different landscape yes You know, you have an iPhone now. Steven Soderbergh is shooting a horror film on an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, You know, you can present content for free. You have free distribution uh, on YouTube or Vimeo. You can... You can access viewers uh, in a very different way than you can. So we, what we always encourage young filmmakers to do is shoot. Shoot content. It's, yeah. it's, it's very cheap for you to do it. Uh, it's much easier than, uh, than we when we got into the business. And um, we've actually discovered a lot of talent uh, on the Internet uh, over the last decade. Uh, including uh, uh, Donald Glover and, and T.J. Miller, so um, you know there's a there is a path
0: forward, right? Uh, um, by uh, by doing good work and just getting your work seen. I mean, you know, you allude to like the, the the differences we're at versus 20 years ago, and you know, I've lived through this myself as just you know as a as a film geek, and it's just fascinating. I've been coming to Sundance and Slamdance for 12 years now, um, and yeah, the landscape is, is crazy. I mean, like 80 percent of, of the great films here are going to Probably end up on Netflix or, or Amazon and barely get a, a theatrical distribution. Um, and you guys have really done a great job of keeping your your you know your toe in, in, in independent film while making the most ginormous you know blockbuster <laughs> entertainments known to man. Um, I mean, I'm just curious, like just headset wise, where you're at because you, you're obviously steeped in this and you love film and you love the theatrical experience. Um, is it general optimism or pessimism? Is sort of where we're at, and the, the theatrical ex- experience for things that aren't necessarily shot on IMAX, like an Avengers movie. Like we, we want to see the intimate dramas on the mean, screen too, sometimes. It,
2: everything changes,
0: you yeah. know, and I think you have to embrace change. Uh, change is compelling.
2: I mean, I think um, you know we, of course, grew up going to the theater, and that was our experience of filmmaking. We part of our story is you know we lived around the corner from a cinema tech and. And uh, that's that's our backstory. That's how we we learned about filmmaking was watching a bunch of foreign films at a cinema the Cleveland Cinema Tech. So, uh, you know, uh, but I I do believe that um, uh, you know I've got four kids, and the, and the way that they absorb narrative is very different than the way that I did, and uh, the content that they consume is very different. It's yeah. there's different lengths. Um, they're they're used to viewing things that you know my you know Vine's defunct now, but my my daughter grew up on Vine. And uh, those are six-second narratives, yeah. pretty compelling and funny. Uh, so I, I think it's going to change, and it, it 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 deserves to change. That's the whole point. You can only tell so many stories in a two-hour cinematic structure. You know, before it becomes incredibly predictive, and I think we've reached a saturation point where we have so much content that it is predictive. And why Netflix and Amazon, uh, you know, became so compelling over the last two years is that you're getting ten episodes all at once. That's basically a ten-hour movie, right? Right. So it's sort of a the novelistic uh, approach to, it, to uh, exactly storytelling. And yep. I can sit there on a Friday or Saturday and consume ten hours of content. Yeah. And and really, it's much it's much more immersive than going to the theater and doing two hours of content. So. I I think this is all good and very healthy. And frankly, you know, I'd say that the independent scene is probably more well funded than it ever has been in its history. There are more avenues now, there are more places to go. for, For sure. And you can go to Netflix and Amazon and actually get a really unique movie made for a considerable budget. Yeah. You know, where in the 90s, that would have been cobbled together through foreign sales and some, you know, crazy actor who was. You know who was who you know, domestically interesting fifteen years before your movie? Totally paid in cash, in <laughs> <laughs> a brown paper On March bag. Hills, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's a Nicholas it's, Cage is here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really unique environment, and, and we should embrace it totally. And uh, and 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 uh, uh, you know look for young fil- filmmakers who are or, or storytellers who are going to help us move it forward in a way that's
1: unexpected.
0: If you'll indulge me, you guys, uh, I feel feel like you finished you finished shooting, right? At least the principal photography of your two Avengers films, correct?
1: We actually fly uh, out of here tonight to go to Atlanta to have our last day of shooting tomorrow. Oh my gosh! (laughs) (laughs)
0: Amazing, amazing! Uh, Quite a journey this has been, and will continue to be for for a couple of years. Um, Talk to me a little bit. We first, you know, the the public at large got a chance to see the uh, the first trailer, which was you know ginormous, but also probably felt like the tip of the iceberg for you guys. Are you guys consciously working with marketing to kind of hold back a lot from the, the trailers and stuff. Like I would think there's an embarrassment of riches, but you don't want to give it all away.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's a very hard line to walk and we have, you know, Disney marketing is, they're amazing people and we have a great relationship with them. So yeah, I mean, everybody has the same goal, you know, you want to protect, uh, uh, the, the you know, that, that thrill that people have in the audience, hopefully we'll have in the audience when they sit through the movie for the first time. Yeah. So, um, you know yeah it's a difficult balance we have a lot of internal conversations about what the right mix is but for sure
0: so um again i'm not expecting like a big spoiler talk here but we are getting like our first glimpses uh at some of the characters in different forms you know we're seeing steve that that beard got the big cheer at comic-con and got a big internet reaction again um can you do a little bit about where we're going to find steve rogers in this one yeah,
2: he's uh we mentioned I think we have mentioned this recently, but um you know, it's no surprise and I think you'll see it in the trailers that he's embracing the spirit of uh of Nomad. And um it was always our uh, intent from the moment we got involved with that character to deconstruct him. That's what we like, it's what we find interesting. Um it's what um, Soderbergh responded to in our initial work is that, you know, we and you look at a rest of community, we, we we're constantly either deconstructing genre or right. tone or uh playing with, you know, um we, we like to say it's like like being a mad scientist, you get to play in a laboratory and experiment with directions to take narrative in. With the character called Captain America, you know you you have to address the the the, the concept of, of who he is because his identity is tied to his country. Right. So it's it, we found it, we thought it would be a really compelling narrative if he got into conflict with his identity, uh, with the country. So the um, the you know the notion the path that he's following is the same path that we left him in, at the end of the Civil
0: War, which is a he's a he's a he's a character without a country. Gotcha. You um, it, it's tough because like, obviously we're trying to avoid spoilers for Infinity War, let alone the second film that you've shot. And as you well know, like photos are out there and stuff, and there's a lot of conjecture out there. And I don't want to know everything, of course. I want to know some things, but I don't <laughs> want to know everything. But I mean, how are you guys? Like, are you guys shooting like alts or like different kind of like you know fake scenes or, or fake deaths or anything like that, just to like Throw th- yeah, just to it's hedge exactly. your bets? No, no comment. <laughs>
2: Would you try to shoot anything that's not going
0: in the movie? Yeah, there's not enough time. There's yeah. not enough budget to yeah. see the scene where everybody kills each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Has it been fun to? Uh, you get a chance to depict uh, Carol Danvers for the first time. It's been fun to work with Brie. We,
2: we may. <laughs> Is that we not may official? Depicting Carol
0: Danvers in theory. So. That was, Would that have been fun to do? Uh,
2: it's interesting <laughs> uh, when you get to bring. Uh, It's interesting when you get to play with characters in this universe because you are dealing with actors who have been playing parts for, you know, uh, um, almost a decade. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting to bring new energy into the mix, especially when you're, you know, you're doing this uh, massive uh, mosaic of, uh, of a story. So uh you know there will be surprises, of course, in these movies we won't
0: confirm uh, okay fair enough we won't we won't uh, <laughs> confirm or deny Confirm it or anything. deny it
2: but um but uh yeah there's certainly gonna be some uh, some curveballs thrown at the
0: audience. is there a timeline of when we're gonna even know the title of the of the next Avengers film like does that come right out of the release of infinity war do you tee it up or it
2: is uh it is certainly you know um part of the concept of the title is that uh uh, it's 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 advancing the narrative. So uh, it's uh, we're going to sit on that until we feel the time is right. Right. Uh, um, and uh, when people have absorbed uh, uh, the first movie enough.
0: How do you, how do you feel about time travel as a device in film? <laughs> just curious. Just a general question.
2: Time
1: travel. Oh, uh, you
0: know, big fan of. Uh, <laughs>
1: Back Big to the fan future. of the technique. Yeah, Back to the future, so, you know. Right,
0: yeah. uh, if done well, you don't want to abuse that power. But you guys, I mean, if I would trust anybody, yeah. I feel like I would trust you guys. Look, there, there, there's. Uh, it's interesting because yes, there are photos
2: always leak, and then there's lots of conjecture about what those photos mean. Certainly, there is a uh, a very um, a five minute sequence in Civil War around a piece of technology that. Um, uh, that uh, that was laid in for a very specific reason. So, uh, um, if you go back and look at that film, you may get a, a, a hint as to um, a direction.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, does this mark the end in your eyes of, of working with Marvel these two films, or are you open to to more? Well, you know, our, our our relationship with Marvel has been
1: you know one of the strongest creative relationships we've had in our our careers. We've you know when we're really. Proud of the movies that we've been able to make with them, and we've had an amazing time doing it. I mean, we we haven't talked about doing anything beyond these movies simply because we still have a mountain to climb yeah. with these two films. And the one thing we've always really admired about Kevin Feige and Marvel is they have a very, even though they're they, they're building an interconnected narrative through many many films over many years, they have a very uh, disciplined uh, one movie at a time attitude as well, which right. I think is very very helpful to like. Uh, to the creative process of, of fashioning of the individual film. And so, yeah, we're basically very focused on what we're doing now, but we would certainly be open to working with them.
0: What do you think about the... Uh, sounds like Black Widow is actually finally getting some momentum. It's crazy exciting, yeah. Right? Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, we're very happy for that. I mean, it's, it's such a rich, interesting character. There's so much to explore with a character who whose history was as a villain. And I think that, you know, Scarlett does such a great job of playing that character, and... and people are so used to that character you forget the character's history totally uh and so there's a lot of really compelling stories to tell yeah about someone who has a, a dark past
0: uh just more general stuff outside of the marvel universe uh it just as film fans have you caught up on uh last jedi
2: uh have you seen last jedi yet
0: yeah i've yeah. seen it yeah uh, what do you think yeah, yeah.
2: We, lo- we love we love ryan johnson as a filmmaker fans, yeah. i tell you when i uh when we heard he was going to make that film, we uh, we sent an email to Disney saying it was you know couldn't ask for better. Hire oh my god! As a Star Wars fan, I so, felt like
0: the whole film geek community was like, this yeah. is the right call. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: interesting because it he's a brilliant filmmaker, and the response has been really, really. I'm fascinated. I myself love because, the
0: movie, yeah. and but it has been. I guess nothing. I mean, you guys know this from the Marvel yeah. universe. These fans like it's. Uh, it's a religion. They're, it's they're a, tough, it's, man. You can't please them all.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it depends, though, on your age too. I, you know, I watched the movie with my 11 year old daughter, who is a, you know, she's very into serialized storytelling and, not, uh, and novels primarily, but she loves the she loves the bigger story. Yeah. And she was just thrilled throughout the movie, just like connecting, making connections to the larger universe, Star Wars universe, and it, just to sit next to her and see that sort of. See her, see that sense of discovery and excitement in her was, you know, it was an amazing experience. I think
2: the fault line is is between new fans and old fans. Seems to be where it's lining up. And you know, when you're dealing with a character like Luke Skywalker, historically maybe the most famous and and potentially popular character in in the
0: history. And you change that personality over thirty years, with people change? Sorry, guys, people change. Things happen. Uh,
2: And so (laughs) you know, he he took a lot of risks with the film. Yeah. uh it's a very it's a very smart film with great transitions and shot beautifully and totally you know so we're we're, we're very excited
0: i heard i heard a rumor that you guys were talked to about episode 9 is that is any truth to that
2: no, not at all no. I mean, we're in the okay. middle of these uh these gargantuan movies and i think um uh disney smartly thought that they should leave our focus on uh, yeah. finishing these films we're still we still have to deliver uh the second avengers movie which will which occupies us through uh, 2019, so we're, yeah. we're kind of off the market for a while.
0: They'll be making these Star Wars movies for a long while. Was that a bucket list thing, just as like you know, the kid and you? would so, always yeah. a bucket list. Yeah. I mean, I you know,
2: I spent an entire the, the, the day that Empire Strikes Back opened. I spent the entire day in the theater from 11 a.m. to 11 at night, <laughs> and I just sat through screening after screening after screening. So. Yeah. It certainly has a high emotional value in our lives. Yeah.
0: And, and, and last thing, we talked a little bit about the uh, TV and, and the amazing, I mean, I'm, I find myself 10 series behind all the things I want to watch. I'm yeah. sure you guys are the same way, as busy as you are. Um, is there, either something that you've loved or really respected recently or something that you'd love to kind of like direct an episode in or just sort of dabble in? Um, I mean, there, there's, so, I think some of the most
2: compelling work f- is happening in television. Yeah. And uh, I, I, it's staggering. Like, I can't get over the level of quality. I can't keep up with it. Uh, two uh, filmmakers who we adore at the moment, who are doing work in the TV space, the Duffers are incredible. I thought Stranger Things was brilliant. It's a very unique combination of genre uh, and uh, advancement and and nostalgia at the same time. And I think Noah Hawley is just <laughs> un- unbelievable. I mean, it's pound for pound... His storytelling ability is just staggering, and I love watching anything that he does.
0: Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but like growing up, like I could never have imagined the complexity of like treating genre that someone like Noah Hawley is doing in television. It would have right. blown my mind to yeah, think it, that
2: it's unbelievable. And I think <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's a it's the space that you know uh, that that as, as it's changing, it's 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 evolving our our level of uh, understanding of narrative, and I think people are just getting. Uber sophisticated at it, yeah, and a lot of the work that's being done by uh, um, newer voices is. It's highly sophisticated.
1: Right? Totally. I mean, this is why it's hard to get depressed about the changing nature of cinema and indie cinema because the the, the new opportunities are just thrilling, and what yeah. the work that's being done is amazing, and it'll just continue. I mean, that, the more the more ve- the more opportunities people have to tell stories, the more great stories we're going to have. That's
0: yeah. the you know that's the way it goes. That's good. We have to leave on a positive note at yeah. a beautiful festival like Sundance <laughs> and Sundance, right? Um, <laughs> enjoy your your time here. Congratulations on the honor, and, and I really respect you guys paying forward. Um, you know what you got out of this this festival 20 years ago and uh good luck getting out of the snow and back to atlanta guys appreciate it good luck to you yeah good to talk to you guys thank you and so ends another edition of happy sad confused remember to review rate and subscribe to this show on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts i'm a big podcast person i'm daisy ridley and i definitely wasn't pressured to do this by josh (laughs)